looks great. It looks <laughs> Thank you. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We are live, guys. Welcome to another episode of Fire Builders Live. My name is Josh Corporal, and I am streaming live from Key West, Florida. And today, I have very special guest, Catherine Gillette, on the show. Catherine, welcome to Fire Builders Live. Thanks so much. I'm really, really excited to be here. Thanks, Josh. <laughs> You're welcome, man. I, I'm so glad that you are here. This is going to be a great episode. We're going to be talking all about messaging, uh, using story within your marketing, the hero method, but we will be get into that in just a second. Before we do, if this is the first time that you've ever watched this show, welcome. And if you're listening right now, what we do on Fire Builders Live, we bring on experts like Catherine here. We take big ideas. We break them down into small steps, things that you can do consistently every day to improve. And today is all about marketing and messaging and using story, uh, using stories much, very much like the hero method that we're going to be talking about today to improve your marketing and to improve your messaging to make concepts a little bit more clear. And Catherine is an amazing person at this. I mean, she is a visionary with, when it comes to messaging. She is the creator of the hero method. She's an award-winning author. You've got two best-selling books. You know, some of the biggest names in global business have come to you for advice on their messaging. Philips, GE, Amazon, Microsoft, Dell. I mean, we're talking like major players. And be, and it's because you've done this for so long, 30 years in marketing communication, where you've been able to meld story with marketing. So that's what you do, the brain science of marketing and the hidden powers of story. And that is what we're going to be talking about today, getting more uh, clients, attracting more people, engaging them, and doing it all through using things like the hero method, the power of story. I am super excited for this. Catherine, welcome to the show. It's great to be here. Thanks, Josh. Thank you. That was a very generous introduction. Very, very kind. You're welcome. Well, you deserve it. I mean, uh, the kind of stuff that you've done is just is incredible. And we've had a couple of conversations up until this point. And, uh, you know, the, the messaging thing for me anyway, it's, it's also like, this is something that, that for personally, for me is, is incredibly important, uh, doing business online. And, uh, and so I can't wait. I know a lot of people that are listening right now are in a similar position that everybody's trying to get their messaging squared away. So, uh, so way I like to start this off is uh, where are you in the world these days and what is a typical day in the life of Catherine Gillette? <laughs> so I am in, uh, in Mexico. I'm pretty much smack dab in the middle of Mexico. If you look at a map of Mexico and you put your finger in the center, that's pretty much where I am. I'm in the highlands of Mexico uh, in a beautiful city called San Miguel de Allende. And I'm guessing that a lot of your listeners go, oh, I know that one. I've heard of it or I've been there. Or It's uh, Condé Nast keeps voting it the, the best small city in the world to visit. Um, so lots I of didn't know that, actually. Yeah. That's yeah, pretty yeah. amazing. Yeah. Why? Because, because of everything? Because of the scenery, the people, the food? The, the city itself is really beautiful. It's um, got a lot of the colonial Spanish architecture. Um, and so it's really just a physically architecturally beautiful city. Plus it's just got a ton of things to do, like everything you want to do, whether it's whatever in the arts, um, there's just all kinds of entertainment. There's fantastic restaurants, like the best pizza (laughs) in the world you can get right here in San Miguel. That's amazing. Not just, and Mexican, even 
the thing that can surprise a lot of people about um, Mexico is that Mexican cuisine is really varied and amazingly uh, delicious. It's not just tacos and burritos. It's I mean, really- that's exactly yeah. like when you said pizza, I thought like, I feel like some Italians are watching, like ripping their hair out, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, you're right. It is. It's completely varied. And, uh, and so that's great. How long have you been there? Uh, about six years now. Mm-hmm. And we were talking uh, just earlier about uh, about the Spanish and the the Spanish speaking, right? I feel like you can get by without speaking Spanish, but you kind of feel like you owe it to yourself sometimes when you're living there to speak. What do you think? Yeah, um, I, I always say this. Basically, to to go to Mexico is actually pr- very easy, and to live here is relatively easy, even for fo- folks who don't. All you need to do is be able to count to to ten in Spanish and be able to point. So you can say tres. And, and point to things and you get three of whatever it is you're pointing at. So you can start out very, very basically. But yeah, for me, I wanted to really be able to have conversations with, with Mexicans who really understand their culture, understand them as individuals. Um, and so, yeah, my quest to, um, to be able to be fluent at Spanish continues. Even after five years, it's kind of embarrassing. I'm still not fluent, but sure. I'm <laughs> it's it's definitely a commitment for sure, I and mean, it's not as easy as you would think, especially when you have English is so prevalent. Like it's so easy to to just go back to that. So I completely understand. Uh, yeah. But I also think that that speaks, you know, the idea of wanting to get in touch with people to understand the culture. I mean, that speaks to who you are as a very empathetic person. And I feel like empathy is the key quality in marketing. Um, and I think it has a lot to do with the messaging that we're going to be talking about today. That's so, so true. And actually, that's really the foundation of the Hero Method. The Hero Method, the mission, the big picture mission of the Hero Method is to bring human to human connection to the business world. So you're talking about empathy, which is about being yeah, actually authentically connecting with your audience. You're not trying to sell anything. You're trying to on- honestly understand them and connect with them. And that turns out... Not really surprising, but the, the Hero Method keeps proving it. It literally doubles response revenue year over year growth. Um, that the attitude makes a huge difference. Well, where as people, because people are, you know, they most people anyway feel like consider themselves pretty decent communicators. But where do you think that people end up going wrong? Like, where have you seen when they when they go to translate? their story or their message and then or they make some widget you know in their kitchen table and they patent it and then they need to go and sell it and it doesn't work out so well right might not necessarily be that the widget's bad it's just that they weren't really good at explaining like why it's useful how people can incorporate it in their lives things like that where do people go wrong with their messaging as you've seen that's such a great question it really is and i think it's something that we're that that we're all of us, including me, uh, need to be aware of, which is we have every right to be really proud of that widget that we created on our kitchen table. We have every right to be proud of it. And we know that widget and every little sanding point and every little nut and bolt. Our audience doesn't care about that. Our audience doesn't care about the nuts and bolts. Our audience cares about what the widget's going to do for them, how that widget is going to transform their life. The Hero Method's all about, there's a story of transformation that your widget, I call that the elixir, uh, brings to your audience. 
And that's the key. We need to, it's, and I consider it kind of like a spiritual practice, really, to get out of my egoic mind and be focused on the other, be focused on this person that I, for example, with, you know, 30, 40 years experience, I, I can't remember what it was like to not know marketing. So it's a practice for me to continually be listening to them and how do they talk about it? What's important to them about this? Um, and it's a constant practice. It's a constant practice to stay out of that because it's my personal fascination. Um, my, oh wow, the, the hero method is actually very intricate and complex on certain levels. That is not going to be, that's not going to engage people. That's when you get that call at the huh look, you know, you get the kind of right. overlook when you start talking about the thing that's really exciting to you and they kind of get the nodding because they're being polite and they, you know, they either change the subject or go talk to somebody else at the networking meeting. That's, that's what goes wrong is we in wanting to be authentic, which is great. We bring our personal passion about what we do and we start talking about the things that are really exciting to us instead of what's important to them. You're right. Like that's the default mode, right? Because you, if you appreciate something, the nuance of something, like you were saying, every sanded corner, every little nut and bolt, you would expect that people would share the same feelings. And to be honest, that's not it at all. In fact, they have so many things going on in their mind. You got to be able to like grab their attention. And that is definitely not the way to do it. Start like bombarding them with all of these little, little facts and figures and little things. Um, and, and so in an effort then to circumvent that, to, to, to stop that from happening, to try and like, you know, rein yourself in a little bit, what have you found is the best way? Because everybody, I feel defaults to, um, you know, if I like, by the way, here's my new show mug, uh, this just, right. But, but if, if I made this right and I, and I wanted to say, um, Catherine, you know, would you, you would you be interested in buying this if I, if, if it was available? And usually most people say, yeah, of course, you know, they just, they just talk. And that is the extent of their customer research, right? Oh, they said, they, they totally said that they were going to buy it. But how do you go deeper than that? How do you really start to get to peel back the layers and figure out what this person is actually going to do and feel? This is a really good question. And this is this actually ties into to one of the layers um, that we're going to be talking about when you say the one thing that you can do. And I call it know your niche. Um, and that's it's something we can never do too much of. And it really is about talking to them and asking them. And the key is, like you say, it's the questions that you ask. It's really important. It's like if I was to say when I say to people what I was asking initially was what's the most, you know, what's the difficult thing about marketing and then, you know, and creating marketing materials? Because the here method really ultimately is about creating compelling content. But there's a process to get there, right, to be able to write that compelling content. You don't just sit down and start, you know, you know, freewheeling it. But um, the so the questions you ask, just even asking questions that you think are maybe completely unrelated. It was it's surprising what ends up being really the thing that is going to actually attract them the most. So yet it takes time to really understand them because it is it's about it's all about them. And what their understanding is about your industry, about the widget, you know, and the world of that widget, and not about your experience with it. 
It's all about them. And so asking even beyond the questions that you think are relevant, asking questions around it and bigger picture questions that can be really revealing about what's most important to them. Do you find that that there are certain questions that work a little bit better than others to help open the floodgates for folks? Or it just kind of depends on the situation. It really does depend on the situation. Yeah. Like I think that for me, you know, there's, yeah, I have a, I have better answers for that, but like for my clients, that's the thing is you go in and you start doing some research about things that feel pretty obvious. And then you start expanding out from there. And it doesn't, and, and really this is not about lots of money, market research, nothing like that. You can talk to six people that represent your audience and get a ton of information about what the what your messaging should be like how to talk about what you do in a way that's going to be relevant to them because that's the key how do they talk about this thing so for example i worked in the corporate world um, before i came i'm now teaching entrepreneurs and and small business owners decision makers how to actually use the hero method when i go in the corporate world i actually do it myself but so in the corporate world, I can say, hey, you know, this is a this is an approach to uh, to messaging and content creation that increases response and revenue to them. They go, oh, great. Wonderful. When I say that to entrepreneurs, they just go, oh, how nice <laughs> <laughs> somewhere else. But when I talk about the hero method is is a way to talk and write about what you do in a way that really grabs your audience's attention and really brings in more prospects and converts more of them to customers. So that's a different message, right? That's a different way of saying the same thing that's going to connect with the audiences. So some of your, some of your listeners may also have more than one audience. And that's really important to have different messaging that works for each audience. Is it a question then of, you know, the difference between, between content that really grabs you and engages you versus something that, um, may, maybe glossy on the surface, but doesn't really drive any kind of action, doesn't really drive some guttural response. Um, is it a situation where you're just focusing more on the emotion side of things? Um, or is there like a certain way? Is there, you know, is it a situation? Because I would imagine that this compelling content that you're talking about, it's all about creating like situational awareness in that person of which they can then trust you. They can, or they can, they can start down the journey of being able to trust you. I don't know. What do you think? So the, the basic truth of marketing is that um, emotion drives behavior way more than facts do. Every buy is an emotional buy. Every connection is an emotional connection. All the facts in the way, then this is, this is what neurology plays into this. This is where a lot of the research falls in, is that uh, facts and figures and charts and graphs do not convince anybody of anything. It's the emotional connection. You need to connect with their emotional brain, not their logical, rational brain. Really, and that's very true. And what happens, you make that initial connection with their emotional brain, then you give them a, little, a few facts to help them support the the decision so this is where uh, this discussion that i used to have with my with my husband was i come home honey honey i saved so much money i was talking i saved so much money and he'd say well how much did you spend i said well this was 30 percent off and this is 20 percent off well 
but how much did you spend? And we would just like cross wires because he wanted the facts. <laughs> it's all caught right. up in the emotion of how much money I spent, how much money I saved, not <laughs> about how much money I spent. So that's an example of it's the, you know, it's the savings that drives the, the emotional connection rather than the logic that he was an engineer, you know, the logic of it. Um, You're like, just give it to me in a PowerPoint, right? Like, exactly. Well, but even, and the thing is that then I see he's an engineer. He wanted the facts in this situation. He wasn't a shopper. So, you know, he wanted the facts around that. But when it came to his decisions about really in his engineering world, totally emotional decisions. That's just yep. how humans make decisions. It, they're emotional decisions. Yep. Um, yeah, for sure. I mean, reason doesn't drive behavior when it comes to buying. And it's, and it's just, it's like that those facts and figures, they're necessary Right. They're, but they're necessary at a later stage. Exactly. 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 Very good. Yeah, exactly. That first one, that first connection, you know, again, it's that the words uh, increase revenue and response and revenue that that's an emotional phrase for the corporate world. But right content that really grabs your audience. That's the emotional connection for entrepreneurs and small business owners. And that's what begins the conversation that all we need to do initially is be, get people to go. Oh, wow. Tell me more. That's all we need to do initially. And then the conversation can begin. And then we do it's kind of I call it the nurture sequence, right? It's the during their quest while they're looking for that elixir that's going to heal their wounded land. Those are all my, my the hero method words. But basically, it's about creating that initial connection that gets people curious that they want to know more. And then a natural conversation can happen. Do you think that people, when they like sit down at a blank page and they say, all right, I'm going to write, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be a sales page, like copy for a sales page, but even something on Facebook, uh, anything, any kind of compelling content for brand awareness, like all of that stuff. Do you think that they're afraid about something like they, you know, they're, they're afraid to get emotional. They feel like, um, it, where do you think, yeah, what do you think stops people? from being able to do this initially before they understand about the hero method and what to do and the sequencing, like where, what is it that's holding people back? Do you think? I think that it is, there's a misunderstanding that we need to be professional and we need to sound professional and we need to sound like an expert Um, that can really get in our way. Um, a, gr- a good example that comes to mind is there was a phenomenon right after World War II. There's a phenomenon, an um, astronomical phenomenon called gravitationally completely collapsed object. And people, even th- other astrophysicists weren't all that interested in this thing. And then a world-class astrophysicist, he was working with Niels Bohr and Albert Einstein. He came up with the, me- the metaphor black hole, Right. So it's the same thing. He's just, he's phrased it in a way that you just go, oh, wow, tell me more, right? That's all you need. The to gravitationally do. collapsed object versus black hole. That's, I've never heard that before. Right, right. Yeah. So his name is John Wheeler. And, um, and this is the absolutely true story. You can look it up yourself. But that's the example is we tend to think gravitationally completely collapsed object is more, um, shows that we're more expert, right? Or then we do even worse, which we turn it into an acronym, you know, GCCO, right. which is also not meaningful. But if we can turn it, that's again, this is talking about the power of story, metaphor. 
incredibly power of incredibly powerful aspect of story. Power of story is not in telling a narrative be from beginning, middle to end. Power of story is the, what I call the hidden aspects of story that cause us that the reasons why we keep turning that page and and don't shut off the light, even though we know we should be going to bed, you know, or even keep watching the movie or click onto the next uh, episode of <laughs> whatever it is you're watching. Um, those are the hidden aspects of story that really are the are the power, and and that's an example. Uh, metaphors, hugely, hugely powerful. So you can convey very complex concepts in ways that people just either get or resonate with enough to go, tell me more, what is that? And that's all you, like I said, that's all you need to do initially. I feel like, so, so being an engineer myself, right? Mm -hmm. There was a gentleman on this show, Mike Roderick, uh, that made a comment that stuck with me. He said, um, he said that, that, when you go through the educational process and you're an engineer or, you know, you, you're just in academia in some way, shape or form, your ability to convey very professional and, and very informationally dense sentences, right? Like your theses or something like that, right? That's, that's prized, you know, that's looked up to in the, in the academia world. Mm -hmm. And when you're writing content for messaging, for marketing, it is the exact opposite. And your black hole um, example is a perfect example of that. It's, it's that when you say black hole, as a scientist, you're like, well, that just doesn't convey enough information. You have like a billion questions. Like, what is this black hole? Why is it black? A hole in what, right? To, to somebody's mind that works that way, it just causes more anxiety than anything. But that's not the point. The point isn't to explain it all in one little phrase. The point is to make it memorable, to, to, to give somebody like some semblance of what it is first to just like you said, want to know a little bit more. And so I think that's a great example of that. And also context is important too. It's again, who's your audience? If you're, if you're speaking to scientists, you're going to be talking, you're going to have internal jargon that you can just go ahead and use. And so you're going to have a different tone when you're talking to scientists. But even really the great, the sci like really great scientists, um, I, I'm listening to, I'm, I'm currently now addicted to great courses. There, There's a lot of audiobooks of great courses. And man, these are just world-class, brilliant minds. I've never heard of it. Oh, I highly recommend it to everybody, everybody within your shot of this. It's called Great Courses. You can great get courses the library. Well, yeah, well, actually, I just download them from the library. You can download the audiobooks from the library. They also have video, um, but they're very, very high-end, high-quality uh, information. And every single one of these teachers, guess what? They use story. And they're conveying very complex concepts. And some of them are even recordings where they're actually presenting to fellow scientists. And even then... The engaging presenters, presenters are using story. They're using, you know, analogies. They're using similes. They're using all of these aspects of story to convey these very complex concepts to their fellow scientists. Because again, all we need is for the fellow scientists to go, that's interesting. Like black hole, hmm, interesting. I want to know more. And yep. so then they go, oh, I get it. It's a gravitationally completely collapsed object. Oh, now it, right? Because it's gravitationally completely collapsed. Oh, I get it. Right. So but initially, even with scientists, black hole resonated more with them than gravitationally completely collapsed object. It was just syllables going by. Yeah. Yeah, um, exactly. And well, OK, right. so perfect. OK, so perfect 
kind of segue into the first question that I like to ask guests on the show, which if someone is writing their own content, they want to convey perhaps a product or a service that is complex, but wants to get people, get it out there and get people thirsty to find out what it is. How do they start? How do they start using story in order to make that happen? So that's, I love this question. And the answer is you need to figure out who the real hero of the story is. Who's the real hero in your story in relation to you and and your solution and your, uh, and your audience. So in best quote, best quote unquote, best practices, marketing, your solution, your widget is the hero. Um, and the hero method flips this on its head where it's your audience is the hero. So I like to use the analogy of, of Star Wars. It's a gold classic um, where we have Luke Skywalker. He lives on this desert planet and um, something's broken in his world, but he's not sure what it is. Then he meets Obi-Wan Kenobi and then he learns the force and then he's able to destroy the Death Star. So this is his story of transformation. He goes from being a farm boy on the desert planet Tatooine to a Death Star destroying Jedi Knight. And he does that with the help of Obi-Wan Kenobi. He could not have gotten there without Obi-Wan Kenobi and, you know, and then Yoda. So the, the, the trick here is to really remember that it's your audience who's the hero. Your audience is Luke Skywalker or Harry Potter or Katniss Everdeen, for that matter. Hero is gender neutral. And you are Obi-Wan Kenobi. You are the mentor guiding your heroes through their decision journey, through their journey of transformation, where they're in the wounded land, they're in this this world, they don't know you exist yet. They're kind of muddling through without your widget, without your solution. And then the, the call to adventure is your first introduction to them to say, hey, interested in black holes? <laughs> you know, that kind of a connecting message. And they say, yes, tell me more. Then what your job is, is to give them helpful insight and advice. You are mentor to them on their decision journey. You are mentor to them. And everything you create, all of your messaging, talking about messaging. So this is, again, knowing your niche, knowing your heroes. Where are they in their wounded land? How is their world broken? How is it that they're not able to do what they want to do? What is it that they're already right now wanting and needing and yearning for? Those are the key messages that you want to learn and understand about your audience. And that's the messaging that you and the content that you create during their quest so now they're, oh, there is a better way. So maybe they're looking at yours. Maybe they're looking at somebody else's. So you're, but you're the one that's going to be the mentor to them. You're not going to be trying to sell, sell, sell. You're going to try to connect, connect, connect. And what, and what happens then is the cell just becomes natural. They're going to buy your elixir because this is the elixir that's going to heal their wounded land. Once they master your elixir, then they, uh, then their land is healed. And so I actually have, I don't know if this is going to work, but I have a visual. Oh, yeah. Let's see. The decision journey. Yep. So can you see this? Is that working right? Yeah. Let me, in fact, let me take this banner down here. Let's make it a little bit easier to see. And in fact, uh, I'll just put you up here. Let's do that. I don't know if it's even in focus. Is that good? Okay. So see, there we are. So there we have 
here is the, <laughs> sorry, I mean reverse. So this is the wounded land. This is where your heroes are. Then they go on the quest to find the elixir. And this is your widget. Then they master your widget. And then their wounded land is healed. And you over here, you're the mentor. And every step of that cycle, at every step of their journey, you are the mentor, giving them helpful insight and advice to help them master this elixir, to help them choose this elixir, because that's what's going to help them to heal their wounded land. So this is their decision journey. This is their journey of transformation. And you as mentor and your elixir are the key to helping them move from where they are in their wounded land to, to achieving what they're wanting and needing and yearning for. In the, I, in the healed land. I feel like I feel like as a mentor in this situation, right? You uh, like traditionally, I, or I guess typically, the mentor has created the elixir, so they they know that very well. But what is important for them to understand, and, and most people don't, is the wounded land part. It's the it's getting to know and understand that because if you don't understand that, then you can never make the connections between your elixir and your and their wounded land. So. Yeah, does that sound about right? Yes, that's absolutely right. And the two key things here is the wounded land and the healed land. And the healed land is what they are wanting and needing and yearning for, not what you think they need. You'll be really surprised when this is, these are the questions you can ask in the know your niche phase um, of the hero method is, is asking not just how are things broken, but what are they already wanting and needing and yearning for? Now, this is, this gets, you learn a lot this about this over time. Even Steve Jobs said nobody would actually say they were yearning for an iPod. You right. Know? So yeah. And that's the that interesting. Balance there, right? Yeah, there's exactly. You have asking what they're wanting, but then figuring out what that widget is, you know, what the elixir is that's going to actually help them get what they're wanting and needing and yearning for. Well, and that brings up a good question because maybe some people that are listening to this now are saying, well, where do I find that information? Aside from aside from searching out some of my ideal customers, right? And just, and just asking them, but I don't want to ask them directly about the elixir. I want to ask them, I want to like have them open the floodgates and have them tell me about hopes, dreams, fears, things like that. So that's one way is to go directly to them. If you don't have that option, or maybe you, you want to like kind of do some, some different research what have you found in your experience is the best way to actually start to do that research and start to understand the wounded land if you don't have the opportunity to talk to people directly? Well, one of the things is is to look at like um, uh, best-selling books. Like what are people actually interested in? Because that's a real key there. What are people actually willing to read a book about? Um, so what's really popular there? Also to get, you know, to be looking at who's popular, like you can see, like, um, you know, looking up different folks who are experts in different areas and you can see who's more popular and less popular. That's, that doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to apply to you because you, you, in other words, you might have a, such a unique solution that it's not exactly in alignment, but it'll help you get some ideas. And it'll also help you get connecting points. So let's say, like, for example, the hero method is 180 degrees different than best practices marketing in in a lot of ways. So I'm not going to be, there really is no one out there talking about combining neurology and and story in the way that the hero method does. Well, they're starting to kind of now, but especially initially when I first created it, nobody was. 
So it was about finding that what are they interested in that's somewhere related to this. And what should all you need to do is here they are at point A, and then here they are by me just saying, oh, interested in the hero method. You just go and meet them there. Just go and meet them where they are, where they're currently interested and say, hey, and you know what else is interesting? <laughs> it's this thing that kind of leads you over here to me. And there's not, you know, not everybody's going to go with you. But the folks who are interested, they'll, you know, you'll, you'll create your own following there, so to speak. And then you can start enriching. That's what's happened with me. Then you start enriching those folks who are interested in this new way. Um, they'll give you all kinds of really helpful insights into how to talk about it in a way. Because they'll, they'll, you'll, you'll see the glazing <laughs> or, or the aha. Right. Call either the, the, the aha uh-huh or the wow. You know, you, you definitely, that's a very, you get very clear messages about what's resonating or not. And you could even do this if you're listening to this now and you're wondering how to make that happen. I mean, you could even ask your ideal clients on a Zoom call and, sure. and just have a conversation with them about where they are and record it and ask, you know, if it's okay to record it and then go back and see what kind of languaging they use, see what kind of words they use, see what kind of, what kind of like clues that they leave for you. Um, because as a marketer myself, I know that, like you said, people will tell you one thing, but they'll do another, you know, they, you know, and, and so it's up to you to understand and be able to differentiate what people are saying versus what they're doing. And there's, to me, like that part of the psychology of, of market research, there is, there is no formulaic way to go about it. You just, you have to continuously talk to people and look for patterns and understand that. Right. And, uh, and probably try new things. Right. So if they, so I don't know. What do you? What have in your experience? What have you seen? Yeah, I think that's and, and that is that's a um, when you were when you were talking about other than talking to actual people. I was I, I was just assuming not people at all. But yes, you can get existing clients will give you all kinds of wonderful, helpful hints on on what's important, what's not, and how to talk about what you do in a way that resonates. It's going to resonate then with your prospects. That's a great idea. Absolutely great idea. The other thing is, is you can do things like you test um, email subject lines. So what gets more opens? Um, what gets more click throughs? Those kinds of messages. You can, that's like the real market, right? What are they actually clicking on rather than what do they say they'd be interested in? Because that's, I, I've absolutely gotten caught in that is like asking people uh, directly, interviewing them directly. And, you know, just even just saying like, so with this, if you could like just asking the questions, if what's what is bothering you? What are you looking for? What are you yearning for? And what would it be worth to solve it for you? You know, what would you be willing to, you know, actually happy to pay? Yeah, they don't tell you. Right. Or they'll tell you kind of what they think you want to hear. Exactly. Right? But exactly. then go and do something totally different. That's right. That's yeah. Right. That's right. Well, so it's a good starting point. It's a really, really good starting point. But then, like they, you know, that's what marketers say. The market actually tells you the truth. You know, market research doesn't tell you the truth. The actual market tells you the truth. And yeah. so if you wanted to take these ideas, so you're doing this research and you wanted to kind of understand the wounded land, asking these important questions, trying to open up the floodgates, but you did it consistently because this is a process. And what one person tells you, another person might conflict. And so you need to do it quite a bit in order to get a big 
response pool, I would imagine, and just start to sift through some of the answers and look for patterns. Where, if they just did it consistently, in your experience, where would they end up? Well, and I think the key there is back to when you're asking the questions, really remembering who the hero is. So that's really important. It isn't, and it's, and this is, again, this is, I think this even tripped me up initially when I was, well, I'm sure it tripped me up initially because um, it's, it's just so not how our brains work. But remembering that this is about them and not about, not about the hero method, not about your elixir, not about your solution. So when you're asking the questions, just genuine interest, genuine interest in everything and anything that's related to what you're doing. So for me, it's the hero method. It's a related to business. It may not, the answers may not come from uh, marketing content per se. In fact, that's what happened to me. I was focusing on, on marketing, messaging, and content. And first of all, I was using the words messaging and content. And lots and lots of new entrepreneurs don't even know what those words mean. So I was gravitationally completely collapsing them. Right. right. You <laughs> find that black hole. Exactly. I did. I found it. I had to find the black hole. And, um, and so what I, what I realized later on is actually the thing that really gets people really, really interested is actually this concept of the decision journey and actually creating a marketing plan around the decision journey rather than the creating the content that actually was, they think, Oh, I can do that already. Right. But when it comes to creating a plan, it's overwhelming and scary and they just end up doing random things instead of an organized kind of process that actually works. So when I talk about the decision journey as a, as an actual process, as creating a marketing plan around that, wow, folks are really interested in that now. So again, it's just focusing on the hero. That's their hero. Listen to them. Really be in, really honestly interested in, more interested in them than in your elixir. And magic happens all the way through. And when you're talking about the decision journey, all the way through that at every touch point, you're, you're, again, you're the mentor. So what do mentors do if you're a teacher in a, you know, in a school situation, right? You really need to be understanding where, where are my students and where, what's their level of knowledge? You know, what's, what's interesting? How can I get them more engaged in what I want to teach them? Good teachers are constantly concerned about that. That's what we need to be concerned about. If we are, magic happens. Magic absolutely happens. So as we're talking then about these ideas of story and trying to create that magic within people, those stories are not necessarily stories that you make up about like how the product is so wonderful and it solved this problem and whatnot. The stories end up being a lot of the content and things that you learn about about others, about you know the the potential clients. Is the story then you just want to you're crafting their story, you're you're putting them in the spotlight, but the story itself is is you know not the fictitious story that you would think of like like you were saying with a beginning, middle, and end, um, but it's. It could be, you know, it could be any experience, so to speak, that's relatable. Yes, 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 yes. I actually have an example I would love to share with you. Sure. This is somebody who learned the hero method and, um, and wrote this. This is basically, they're a yoga studio. 
And so they wrote this using the hidden powers of story to talk to basically it was a postcard that they wrote. They were handing out like at networking meetings and that kind of thing. So um, so here's what it reads. Tired of overcrowded classes that leave you feeling frustrated, bored or injured. It doesn't have to be that way. Imagine yoga that makes you feel safe, strong, accomplished and relaxed. Your experience begins before you get to the front door. You enter an oasis of palm trees, plants and a flowing fountain. You open the door and you're greeted with welcoming smiles. The space is clean, bright, and smells pleasant. You settle in. You hear your instructor's voice. The rest of the world falls away. You indulge in your me time for the day. It continues with that voice. But do you see, there's lots of, we're so talking about. So descriptive. It's emotional, right? It, it talks about how you're going to feel. It paints a picture of what you're going to experience. Yes, yes, yes. And so this is actually, this is neurology at work. It, the neurologists call them mental simulations. So that when you're reading, when you, were, when, when you were hearing this, when your audience was hearing this, notice, remember, you were actually seeing it in your head. You were actually seeing the, the you know, the, the fountain and the front door and the oasis and the plants and the, and the palm trees, right, and the flowing fountain. There, were, there was a part of you that actually was seeing that. And this is what happens when we read something that paints these pictures or when we hear it. it. And that's the connection. That's a deep connection. And that actually is connecting to a part of the brain that is way more going to remember than, let's take this other example, uh, this other, and I changed the name to protect the innocent. Our, city, our, city, our city's Yoga Alliance School was born out of the passion to share wellness. We believe in the integration of your physical, mental, and spiritual health to help you achieve the optimal state of well-being and balance. This is how we created your yoga classes and spa treatments. So do you see the difference? Totally. Like, I would never say that to myself. You know, I would, my internal voice never says, man, I just wish that I could optimize my health for, for achieving balance. You know, right. I'd never say right. that. Right, right, right. But what you want is me time. They talk about your me time and, and just that, that feeling, the creative feeling in this other one of, calm and relaxed and they're painting that picture of calm and relaxed um and then they actually go later on just you know into actually the experience of the class versus the facts of we got showers for men and women and you know the, the facts and the features and the benefits which is actually the second one is not bad you know, you know best practices marketing content it's really not bad at all but what shines is when you use the the hidden powers of story like this other yoga studio did Totally. So, yeah, you don't have to do the story wasn't about when you first start, you can't touch your toes. And then (laughs) right, right, that would be a typical, you know, story of a narrative of here's what it's experience of doing our class. You know, you're going to start out here and you end up, you know, know, putting your leg behind your head. Um, That's not what you need to do. And then, yeah, that is absolutely not what you need to do. Well, I hope I hope honestly that people listening right now understand how powerful of a concept this is because you know what you're essentially saying is that is that the mind is takes instruction very well you tell it you paint a picture you say right here is the simulation here is the you know the experience that you're going to provide and you make it as enticing as you possibly can and your mind makes it real right mm-hmm. if even for a split second and that kind of power is can be extremely beneficial. It can also be extremely detrimental if you used in the wrong way. So what you're showing, like this is an extremely powerful tool. 
It is. It is. And, and also an excellent point. It is, it is hugely powerful. And so that's why it's so important to remember that your audience is the hero and you are the mentor. And that the whole point of this is to create authentic human to human connection. I talk about persuasion is even a word I feel a little bit uncomfortable with. Certainly not manipulation. What I like to think of is, is we're writing content that inspires people to take that next step with us, you know, to stay on our mailing list, right? Even if it's just at that, to stay on our mailing list because, oh, this person, when they reach out to me, it's always valuable to me. I always learn something new. So I'm going to stay with this person. And it may take, you know, I mean, what I do is a long game. It may take two years before somebody actually buys from me. But I'm constantly offering them helpful insight and advice. And that's my intention with everything I do. And that, and that makes all the difference, right? Because it, it, then it's using this power, um, for good because I'm helping entrepreneurs, you know, build this business that's been their dream and their vision and their mission and doing it in a way that feels good. So this is also marketing that isn't sleazy and slimy and icky. It's authentic and it's astonishing. I mean, there's, there's all, all kinds of wonderful stories of people um, just get, noticing immediate connection, immediate difference. They just, they go to like one, now, nowadays at Zoom meetings, they can't do the in-person in um, networking, but they used to do like kind of the, the sharing. Okay, what does everybody do? Go around the circle. Nobody paid any attention. Then they use the hero method to talk about what they do. And people are going, hey, I want to know more in the chat. You know, tell yeah. me more about what you do. I immediate response. Immediate. They notice immediately the difference in the response that they get. And, you know, people that use it for website content and all of a sudden people are calling them. You know, the website was kind of just up there, kind of sitting there getting crickets. Then all of a sudden people are now calling them regularly, like, you know, weekly they're getting calls from people who are ready to buy. Yeah. And that's, so, and that's yeah. exactly what every business owner entrepreneur wants is that they want that, that euphoric feeling of, of having the world see the value and just coming to them, you know, like the, yeah. if you build it, they will come sort of, but it takes, it takes a while. It takes a lot of experimentation and understanding and empathy to get to that point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, so this has been incredibly enlightening. Honestly, I've loved this conversation. I think it's, in, it's, it's so important for people to understand the power in all of this. And if they have further questions, if they'd like to find out more about the hero method, uh, how do they get in touch with you? So you can just go to www.theheromethod.com and I, and there's actually, it's very easy to reach me or you can at, at info at theheromethod.com. You can reach me that way, please. I'm happy to answer any questions that, that folks have. Also, um, I have a nice gift I'd like to give your, your yeah, Absolutely. Okay. So it's back, actually it ties in beautifully because it's back to the decision journey that we were talking about. So it's an ebook and the title is it may be your sales funnel, but it's their decision journey. And so it's an ebook that has actually talks about more about the philosophy, so to speak, of the decision journey as a, as creating a plan, um, a marketing plan. And it also has step by step instructions about how to create your own decision journey. And then also a template worksheet that lets you play around with ideas right. that take you around, actually, that take you around this cycle to allow you to create co content and decide what content you want to create to create the funnel that brings folks in and then the follow-up all the way through to becoming a loyal customer, not yeah. just 
not just a stranger who doesn't know that you exist yet. So yeah. uh, I highly recommend that. I think that'll be perfect tie-in to, to this I, conversation. I think so too. And I know a lot of people that are on and listening now um, started their own ventures. They start their own businesses. I mean, this is a massive piece of the puzzle. And um, and so that's very generous to you. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, my pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah, glad to do it. Well, this has been this has been so great. Such a great conversation. I, I love every second of it. I think this is important. It's something that people should consistently work on, especially getting in touch with, you know, their empathetic side, understanding that they are mentors and that all of these people, all of their customers, future customers, current customers, they're all going through their own journeys. And it's important for you to understand what that is. That's awesome. That's a great summary. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is this has been amazing. So uh, as we sign off here, any parting words for people, anything you'd like to leave them with? Yes, there's a there's a phrase that I always like to leave folks with, and it is keep saying yes to the adventure. We are all of us heroes on our own journey. And for the entrepreneurs or everybody in our life, whether in business and personal, we have, there's a journey, there's a next thing, there's a something, there's a challenge that needs to be overcome, there's a problem that needs to be solved. And on the other side of that is, is, is revelation and, and, uh, and enlightenment, right, on that, on, on learning that on that journey. And so I love to say is keep saying yes to the adventure. This was amazing. And let me just put up a couple of things, right? So David says, wow, he's loving this entire talk, right? That's great. Perian says, a great speaker and a gift. She is a gem, right? That is, I mean, so, so honestly, I know that uh, there's a lot of people here that got, that got um, quite a bit out of this. And I just want to say thank you again for taking the time and being on the show. This has been great. It's been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Josh. You're welcome. All right. Well, guys. This is it. We're wrapping up another episode of Fire Builders Live. This is Josh and Catherine signing off from Key West, from Mexico. Uh, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Thank you, Catherine. And we will see you guys next time. Adios. Bye.